Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello again, friends, and welcome on into episode 175 of the Sco Show, proudly a part of the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network and brought to you by the great folks at SB Nation. My name is Mark Schofield. Voice crack there. Imagine that. I'm a man. I'm 44, and the voice is cracking, but that's just because I'm excited. I'm excited to be back in the big chair for today, Thursday, February 25th, 2021. A bit bittersweet in a sense because... Everybody that I know through sort of through football media has been going through their phone reels, their camera rolls on their phones and posting pictures of what they were doing this time last year, which was being out in Indianapolis. I was scrolling through my phone as well on Wednesday evening, um, pictures of St. Elmo's, pictures of Lucas Oil Stadium, the sheriff statue in front of Lucas Oil Stadium dedicated to Peyton Manning. Um, so it's a bit bittersweet to not be there right now. Because I would be getting you some great content. But instead, we roll on. We forge on today's show a focus on free agency. First third of the show, we're going to talk about Patriots free agents. Second third of the show, potential free agent targets for the New England Patriots. And actually, in the third section of the show, you can take a bit of a deviation from the free agency discussion to the draft wide receiver discussion. Because... I'm working my way through wide receivers right now, putting a focus on them in my film watching. I got some takes on Chase, Waddle, and Devonta Smith to get to. But before we do all that, your usual cavalcade of reminders, please do follow along with the hijinks. At Mark Schofield on Twitter. Check out the work, a variety of places. Matt Waldman's rookie scouting portfolio. Spoiler alert, Matt and I get something cooking. That's all I'm going to say. Also, SB Nation, big review bleeding green nation and of course right here at pat's pulpit and yes usa today's touchdown wire and if you need a free agency primer allow me to recommend the behemoth of a piece that doug Ferrar and i put together although doug did the heavy lifting here 101 top free agents as ranked by us you could see it on Touchdown Wire. You could see it at the main USA Today site. They put it on the main site. It might even be in print. We might turn it into a book. Who knows? It could be a book. It's lengthy enough. Uh, but you've got film clips, metrics, scheme fits, all sorts of fun stuff. And I'm going to crib from that a little bit when we get to the second half of the show, the second third of the show, the middle period, the second period of the show. But I do want to start, since this is a Patriot show, by talking about New England's free agents, of which there are a few. Now, obviously, the name will get a lot of buzz is Cam Newton. 
with respect to the quarterback position, which is all the rage. Apparently that position matters because everybody's talking about it. But I do think, and interestingly enough, I had a, a friend reach out, uh, Joe Ferriola, um, working on a bit of content on his own, uh, wanted me to chime in on what I thought about Joe Tooney because it does seem like that is the discussion where this should begin, right? Are the Patriots going to bring Joe Tooney back? And interestingly enough, I do wonder if Joe Tooney, as talented as he is, as critical as he has been to this team, is going to command a contract that Bill Belichick would be comfortable paying. And what I mean by that is this. Patriots right now, according to over the cap, in the 2020 season, they allocated $73 million to their offensive line. Excuse me, I take that back. $37 million to their offensive line. Which was top 10 in terms of positional spending. So they're willing to spend money on the offensive line. The issue might become this. Shaq Mason has a cap number of $9 million for the 2021 season, which as of right now is fifth most on their roster behind Stephon Gilmore, Dante Hightower, Devin McCourty, and Marcus Cannon. And if Joe Tooney who, by the way, is in line for a big payday, as you saw probably from the piece that Doug and I put together. Brandon Sheriff, Joe Tooney are your top two guard options. Brandon Sheriff might have the edge because he might be a tiny bit better, uh, but there's an injury history. Joe Tooney is in line for perhaps a $15 million deal per year. That's what Track has him being valued at on the open market. Is Bill Belichick going to sink in almost $30 million total between Shaq Mason and Joe Tooney? He might. He might not. Especially when you look at the fact you could take Michael Owenu, there's your starting left guard. Or if you like Michael Owenu a tackle and you you don't bring Cannon back, you slide maybe win. To guard, like there are options available that don't involve Joe Tooney, especially if it's looking at like 16 million per. As much as I love Joe Tooney, that might be a decision that the Patriots don't feel comfortable making, sinking around 30 million per season into the guard position. Now, maybe they should. Maybe they should do that when you look at teams that have spent money. On the offensive line, sometimes it has a way of panning out. You know, one team that spent a good deal of money on the offensive line this past season was the Cleveland Browns. Who in the 2020 season allocated $40 million to their offensive line. And it worked for them. Another team, the Colts. Another team, the Packers. Another team, the Titans. Those were teams 2 3 four, and five in positional spending on the offensive line. The Colts at two, the Packers at three, the Titans at four, the Browns at five. All of which made the playoffs. And then there's all the team at six. Tampa Bay, 
who won the Super Bowl. And a lot of people will say that, you know, Tom Brady had a lot to do with that. But they might be willing to spend on the offensive line. And if they do, then they bring Joe Tooney back. Obviously, the other name there is David Andrews. And so those are the first two decisions I think they need to face. The next two are on the defensive line. Lawrence Guy, Adam Butler. I do think they need to bring those guys back. Partly because the interior defensive line class isn't great in the draft. It's a bit shaky in free agency. And they didn't spend a ton on the interior defensive line, just $13 million. So... I would like to see them allocate resources to those two players because I cannot tell you how many people in and around the league reached out to me over the past season at various points in the year and said, man, New England has some studs on the interior defensive line. That Arizona Cardinals game, that win, for example. Rewatch that game sometime and see what Butler and Guy were doing in that game. I would love to see them bring those two guys back and make those two a priority along with the guys on the offensive line that we just talked about. If they come out of this with both Tooney, Andrews, Butler, and Guy back, I consider it a W. I consider it a W. Now, some other free agents. Look, there's a discussion to be had about White and Burkhead. Which of those guys are they bringing back? Do they bring both of those guys back? That's certainly a discussion to be had. There's a discussion to be had, obviously, about Jason McCourty. I think you should bring him back. John Simon is an interesting name as well. And I do think that, depending on the tender that they put on J.C. Jackson, it's in all likelihood that he's coming back. Um, But I do think, in terms of where their priority should be, it's the trenches. In terms of who they should target, We'll get to that next, here in episode 175 of The Sco Show. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Mark Schofield back with you now in episode 175 of the Sco Show. And I know there's probably people saying, what about the whole quarterback discussion with Cam? We're going to have more than enough time to talk about Cam Newton. But we forge on. Targets for the New England Patriots in free agency. Now, my priorities are in the trenches in terms of retaining players. But if they have to go out and sign players. Well, then it becomes a bit tricky. Let's start on the defensive side of the ball. In terms of defensive linemen, if they have to replace players, I think three guys in the interior to watch, Kwan Short, Daquan Jones, Derek Wolf. Those sort of fit the Belichickian mold of more veteran-type players that might have a little bit left in the tank, and you can get on that sort of secondary free agent market, and those might be guys to watch. 
a home run type swing on the defensive line will be Carl Lawson, who's going to get a big payday. I did a video breakdown of him for Big Blue View, but it's applicable to all teams. Talented pass rusher, has that pass rushing plan. I think he's somebody that you should sort of look at as potentially a priority in free agency for any team. But I put the New England Patriots on that list. He's the type of player that pass rush equals production. He gets pressure. He creates opportunities for those around him. Very talented player. Love to see him in New England. Probably going to get priced out of what the Patriots and Bill Belichick would like to spend on a pass rusher. But on a year when you can take some swings, this would be a fun one to make. On the offensive line, it becomes interesting. It depends who you need to add. Because the center group, not great. Alex Mack, maybe. You know, he's 36 right now. And while perhaps he took a bit of a step back, there's still a good player there. Do you poach Ted Karras back from Miami? And again, this is all if you have to replace David Andrews. You know, it really sort of thins out. Corley Lindsay might be the best guy out there, um, but he might command a bigger deal than Andrews. And so would you rather just pay Andrews than bring in a new guy? And that's why I think, you know, it's if the Patriots bring one of the two linemen back, I think it's Andrews as opposed to, you know, overpaying for a guy and letting Landers walk. The guard group, again, outside of Sheriff and Tooney, also not great. Feliciano, perhaps from Buffalo. But then you start getting into guys like Michael Schofield and, you know, a whole lot of question marks. But the draft class might be better there. And you could potentially get a guy at 46 that could step in and start. Guards tend to fall. So if they have to address guard in free agency, eh, the class isn't great. Maybe that leads us to paying Joe Tudy or franchise tagging him again. Outside of the defensive line, there are two positions where I'd like to see the Patriots make some investments. One is tight end. I, I think my pipe dream of Kyle Pitts aside, tight end is a position that I do think that they need to address that room. And I do think that as we see younger tight ends start to or continue to struggle acclimating, it might be tough to get a rookie or even a second-year player to produce. Now, in terms of potential targets at the tight end position, there are a couple names. A couple, Gerald Everett is extremely intriguing to me. He was one of the guys that I enjoyed studying for the free agency piece we did. I think he's a matchup type, nightmare type, tight end. Relatively young. Obviously was used in that Sean McVay type of offense. And did some very good things in it. They lined him up at fullback at times. They used him in the slot. They used him more as an X. A very intriguing player to me. And somebody that I think you might be able to sign relatively cheaply. You know, Spot Track has like a $7 million per AAV on him. Somebody you could probably get. And he would be a little bit cheaper than, say, a John o. Smith, who's looked at it more in like the $8 million range, who would also be a very good option. If they end up going the more 
veteran route, which again, the Patriots have sometimes done, and they might do that given you've got two young guys there. Names to watch. Hunter Henry is probably a pipe dream. It's probably going to be priced out. You're looking at probably $11 million per for him. And the sort of gamut of Jared Cook, Tyler Croft, Tyler Eifert. Guys that have dealt with injuries, guys that are a bit older. I mean, Cook's 34, but you could probably get him on a cheap incentive-laden deal. Um, same thing with Croft and Eifert. You, obviously, if you add Croft, you're signing him away from the Buffalo Bills. Um, so if they end up going the veteran route, those are names to watch. I would love Gerald Everett. I, I would really love Gerald Everett because he's that move type guy too. Wide receiver is another position where I think they could spend a little bit. Names to watch there. You know the names at the top. They're not going to go get them. Look, it's an eat the tweet moment. If they sign a Galladay or an Allen Robinson, I'll eat the tweet. I don't think it happens. I think you're looking at like Rashad Perryman, Marvin Jones, Rashad Higgins. I think those are three names to watch. Perryman, more of that X-type guy. Higgins has some X-type ability to him. Um, that's how they used him, even though it was all, a lot out of a lot of 12 personnel, where he's a reduced split, but a lot of stuff off the vers- vertical stem. Jones is, yeah, has some X capabilities, but he's more of a Z, I think. But those would be some names to watch. And in terms of what you might have to pay those guys, well, Perryman, you know, he's coming off a $6.5 million year with the Jets, $8 million. Higgins is looking more like a six million type of guy. Jones, you know, he's thirty-one, so he's a bit older. You might have to pay a tiny bit more, maybe ten million, but it's not going to cost you the fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen that those other guys are going to get. And this is that sort of secondary free agency market where Belichick likes to do his work. And so those are the names I'd watch a wide receiver. You know, we'll see. You know, we're just into the franchise tag period, so we'll see what happens, but. Those are some names I'd like to see the Patriots sort of target. Where are we going to end up with? I don't know. Alex Erickson, a wide receiver. Um, you know, maybe a, a quarterback in the name of Colt McCoy, Andy Dalton, Tyrod Taylor. I mean, I'm, I'm setting myself up to be disappointed so I don't get my hopes up too much. But those are the players I'd like to see. We all know what they'll probably end up with. Um Let's stay on wide receivers for a bit here. When we come back, I'm going to talk some initial thoughts on Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle. That's ahead. Here to close out episode 175 of the Sco Show. Mark Schofield back with you now to close out episode 171 of the Sco Show. And I'm going to get into wide receivers here for the draft in a second. I did want to give a plug, uh, two plugs actually. One, Let's go show Slack channel, uh, mostly because of the work that the men and the women over there are doing in terms of watching prospects. They're doing Zoom scouting sessions where they're watching players that hop on for like an hour here and there, sometimes longer on the weekends. I'm going to hop in there myself at some point to watch some QBs, uh, maybe this weekend or maybe in another weekend. It, a lot of it depends on my schedule, um, but I'm looking forward to doing that, even just to poke my head in there and you know, get some stuff wrong because that's what scouting season is all about. The other plug I want to give, um, but, you know, obviously if you'd like to be a part of that, if that sounds cool to you, hit me up for an invite via the DMs, via email, mark.scofield at insidethepylon.com. Again, the Slack channel, completely free. Um, It's not like a Patreon or anything like that. Um, People have said to me before, look, why don't you charge people? No, 
No. It's a community. And it's a community that's really being built by others, which is my, the, my favorite part of it, is seeing where it's gone. When I had the idea a couple of years ago to, to create the Slack, it was just an idea that, you know, maybe a couple of people will join and it's grown into something bigger, which I, I think is extremely cool to see. The other thing I want to plug is a Patreon. Haven't just, you know, said that I won't do my own, but that's because there are people that are smarter than me whose opinions are actual worth dollars and cents. And one of those is Chris Vassor at Coach Vass on Twitter. His Patreon is fantastic. Um, the knowledge base there, the stuff you can learn. If you want to learn about the game, um, the real nitty gritty, like I was actually talking to Vass this week. He was talking about a video he did, which is on his YouTube channel on the New England Patriots 5-0 front. And what he's trying to do is have stuff that's in there for the 100 level introductory classes and the 500 level master's level stuff. Um, and that's why he does like a, a 45 minute video on these fronts. And it's incredible. Um, but you can check him out on Twitter at Coach Vass. He has the Make Defense Great Again podcast. And he just dropped his first installment of the Run Vass Option podcast, which is his offensive show. He had Joe Moore, the offensive coordinator, Joe Moorhead, offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach at Oregon to come on and talk about RPOs and stalling RPOs and tags for RPOs and why you still need three-game concepts. They even get into Penny Sewell in like the 55-minute mark. I haven't listened to all of it yet, but the stuff I've listened to is fantastic. So you can check him out on Twitter at Coach Vass. Um, subscribe to his Patreon, all that good stuff. It, it's well worth it. I, I did want to talk just briefly about these three wide receivers at the top of the board. Now, I, I've seen other people talk about, you know, uh, Rashad Bateman in there, uh, Rondell Moore um, from Purdue in there, Kyle Pitts in there and say the top three, top four, top five range of wide receivers. But while my work is not done on these wideouts, it's Chase, Waddle, and Smith in some semblance of a one, two, three order, I think. You know, I'm going to have to be blown away when I revisit the other guys because um, I'm, I'm doing rewatches now on Chase and Waddle and Smith. I'm very fascinated by these three guys. Uh, I did a video earlier this year on Smith's game against uh, Mississippi State which you saw the complete package, route running, full body route running. Um, one of the knocks on Smith is obviously going to be the frame. You know, are you going to draft a 6'1", 170 receiver and ask him to run dig routes over the middle? If that's a concern that you share, I would highly recommend you watch the Florida game um, because he got lit up a couple times early in that game. He showed no fear, absolutely no fear. And he's a guy that plays a lot bigger than 6'1", 170. A lot bigger than 6'1", 170. Willen blocker. What's interesting to me, however, in the sort of Smith versus Waddle discussion is earlier in the year when they had Smith and Waddle, both healthy, they would use Waddle as their, like, I don't want to say gadget guy, but they would do, you know, jet sweeps with him. They would do orbit motions, you know, swing routes with him. A lot of design throws to him. And when he went down... They moved, they slid Smith into that role. So do with that information what you will. You know, part of it might be, look, Smith's the better guy. We needed to manufacture touches for Waddle. So when he went down, well, we'll do that with Smith. Another thought might be, Waddle's the better guy. Let's manufacture touches for him. When he went down, okay, we'll do it with Smith. 
different ways to view that. I'm just putting that out there. Waddle, I think, is an explosive home run hitter type of guy. But I also got a very Justin Jefferson vibe from watching him. A lot of open over routes and things like that versus zone coverage from reduced splits and from the slot, which is giving me throwbacks to the conversation we were having this time last year about is Justin Jefferson just a slot receiver? And so that's a fascinating discussion. But I keep coming back to Jamar Chase, and I rewatched his 2019 tape over the past couple of days. I did a video on his battle against Trayvon Diggs, that Alabama-LSU game from two seasons ago. And look, he's he's the alpha male, alpha dog X-type guy that you can press him, but he's going to find a way against it. He's got that upper body strength. You've probably all seen the, fo- the photo of Smith, Jefferson, and Chase handing out, and Chase looks like he's built like a running back. Um, but he's a wide receiver. He's an alpha dog X-type guy. Maybe doesn't have your prototypical like 6'4", X-frame, but he can play the position. All three of these guys are fantastic. All three of them are fantastic. And you can call me a coward, you know, because I'm not going to give you my absolute full finished rankings on them. But they're all great. And I would highly recommend that you watch Smith against Florida. I would highly recommend you watch Waddle's game against Missouri, Waddle's game against Georgia. I'm thinking of some other games that he had earlier in the year where he just really sort of showed you what he can do as a receiver. And what I love about Waddle is you can see the track background to him, the pace to his routes. Anybody that's run track knows sometimes you have to save something. You know, if you're running a 200, a 300, a 400, those are the things that I ran in high school. You know, you need to have that kick, you know? I mean, especially with a 400, which is a nightmarish race, which is almost a full-on sprint the entire way. That's why I almost died a couple of times running it. Um, but you need to have that extra kick at the end. Waddle had an over route. I forget which, which team he was playing, and I don't feel like reaching for my notes right now. Where he showed you three gears. He slow played the release, then accelerated into and out of his break. And if you're the corner or this the safety in this case covering that, you're thinking, all right, well, now I can match that. But then he kicks it into a third gear and just runs away from this guy. And, you know, that was the I saw that track background of his because he ran track in high school on that play. All three of these guys are great. If one of these guys was somehow available at 15. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. I, I know that was a discussion that was being had um, Wednesday in the Slack channel, on the wide receiver channel. Like, you know, other than the top three, these three guys, are you okay with a wide receiver at 15? If it's one of these three guys, I'm fine with it. If we start getting to the Bateman, you know, more Kadarius Tony type range, it's a bit more questionable. If you count Kyle Pitts as a wide receiver and he's there, I'm okay with that too. Um, but it's going to be a fascinating class to, to break down. I'm, I've done my work on quarterbacks. I haven't written them up yet, but that that is in the barn. That hay's in the barn on quarterbacks. Wide receivers and tight ends are my next two weeks. Um, so you'll probably see some content and stuff um, on those positions over at Touchdown Wire from me, you know, if you're into that sort of thing. What I'm into right now, an adult beverage. Why? I'm thirsty. And it's, you know, it's Miller time for me. That will do it for today, friends. I will be back Monday with a mock draft. Mock draft Monday. Send in those mocks. I know I keep missing mocks. I know I keep missing. And it's it's hard. Um, I would much prefer it 
if they get DM'd to me on Twitter because I get so many notifications, especially this time of the year, that I will miss them. It's easier to email them to me at markschofield at insidethepylon.com, DM them to me on Twitter, um, put them in the, if you're in the Slack channel, drop them into the Slack because I will just literally when I'm recording, scroll through the week of mock drafts, which has hurt my wrist. There's a lot in there. Guys and girls are doing a lot of stuff in there. It's kind of cool. Um, but check that out, um, the Slack channel, if you if you can, if you want to be a member of it. But yeah, in terms of sending me the mocks that you want read, because I know Aaron Williams, you know, Aaron Swaggy, I've missed a couple from you in the past couple of weeks, and it's just because I missed them. Um, so DM them to me. That's probably better for me. Um, so I'll, I'll know that they're there. Um, and my apologies to those that I have missed. My bad. That's all I can say. I'm doing the wide receiver, like tapping the chest then after you drop a throw. Um, that will do it for today. I will be back from walk, walk Draft Monday. Until then, stay safe, wash your hands, wear your mask, and when you wash those hands, sin along. Because it's it's proven. If you sin Toto's Africa as you wash your hands, you're going to get them nice and clean. So that's why I say this. It's not just a pithy catchphrase. I'm, I'm trying to help you. As you wash those hands, sin the chorus, and bless those Patriots' reigns. Down at Foxborough.